Nazir, Perk Zayin, Mishnah Gimel 7.3, and the Mishnah picks up where it left off in the previous Mishnah, whereas in the previous Mishnah it said if the Nazir is exposed to Tumas Mace, corpse Tuma, so then his clock fully resets after he becomes Tahor and does the shaving and brings the Korbanos. In our Mishnah here we will learn that there's ways in which a person who is a Nazir can become Tumay Mace, exposed to Tuma from a corpse, um, and require the Tahara process, the seven days with the sprinkling on the third and seventh day, etc., and yet not need to shave his hair and start his count all over again. So the missionary will enumerate those cases. So the first case here um, is one of Suffolk Tuma. Um, the specific words of the Mishnah are Aval, however, in contrast to the previous Mishnah where we said he has to restart, in these cases the din will be he won't have to restart his count, he just picks up where he left off after he comes to Torah again. So the first case is Hasachachos Vahapuraos. Sachachos are like, um, you have like branches from a tree or that are that are spread out, and the, each one is at least a, like a tefach wide, so it can convey tuma. Um, of Tumas Mesa functioning as an ohel, but we're not sure if he was under that particular branch or not when he passed by. And same goes for paraos. These are kind of like outcroppings of, of buildings, like, you know, like stones that protrude out from the side of a building. Again, we're not sure whether or not he was actually under the same outcropping or canopy piece as the piece of the corpse itself. And therefore, it's a suffix. We're not sure. And while the rabbis said that um, he treats himself as being tummy because of this, we're not sure if he's tummy in this situation that happened to play itself out, um, and therefore he has to be midurabunan, tummy for seven days, etc. We don't require him to start his tum account all over again. Now, uh, a, an important detail here. The rule is that when one is exposed to tumma in a, in a situation of suffolk, maybe he did, maybe he didn't, if that suffolk arose in a what's called rishus harabim, which I'll translate that just now as a, a public place, um, not Rishos in the context of Hilchot Shabbos, but Rishos Arabim defined as like where there are people. Um, so then the rule is Suffolk in Rishos Arabim, so Sveiko Tahor, he, we, we pass in him to be Tahor. In contrast, if the question arose in a, I'll call it a private place, there isn't much traffic, so then Sveiko um, Tame, we rule him to be Tame. So the case of our Mishnah here is that this Nazir passed under the Sechachos or the Paraos um, in a in a Rishus Harabim, in a public place. We don't know for sure if he was under the same outcropping overhang as the the mace, the piece of the corpse. So we say that Mida Oraisa, since it's in a Rishus Haram, we postulate he is Tahor. And yet Midura Banan, we require him to go through the purification process before he can resume his count. If this exposure happened in a Rishus HaYachid, since the dinas and suffix that rise in Rishus HaYachid is ruled to be Tameh, so then our Mishnah would not apply, meaning if the suffix occurred in a Rishus HaYachid, so then we would rule Sveiko Tameh, and we would actually require him to start his count again. That's a Dindo Raisa. Okay? That's the first case. The second case is Uves Hapras. If the Naz is exposed to the tuma of a Besa Pras. Besa Pras is an, like a field in which there was someone buried, um, but now the basic case of Besa Pras is the, the corpse was there, but um, the field has been plowed over. And there is a concern, or a rabbinic concern, even though it's kind of far out, that perhaps the plowshare grabbed onto the bones and dragged them around the field. Bones have been spread, and now when a person passes through the field, he'll do maga, direct contact, or masa. He'll, like, kick, move, you know, 
bear the weight of a bone fragment that's the size of a sa'orah, of a barley corn, which would make him tame with tumas mace. So the rabbi said, if a corpse that was buried in a field that has been plowed over, if we know the location, so we say within a hundred amos, whatever that is, 50 meters of, in all directions from where the grave was, we're afraid that maybe bones have been dragged, and therefore, midirabanan, we treat anybody who passes through the base of pras as being tame and requiring tahara, the seven day, the full day, full seven day process. So here, if we have a nazir pass through the base of pras, even though midirabanan will treat him as tame, and he needs the tahara process, when he does finish becoming tahor again, he can resume his count for naziris um, from where he left off. Next is the eretzahamim. Um, the lands outside of Eretz Yisrael. So here, another Durabanan, the Chazal Paskind that in a series of, of uh, different enactments actually, that the land outside of Israel should be treated to be Tame, um, as Tumas Mace, the whole land and the airspace itself even. The fear was that the Gentiles don't pay attention to where they bury their dead and there could be dead in any which way. And that being the case, anyone who goes to Chutzlaretz He's exposed to corpse tuma, and therefore we treat him and treat the land that came from Eretz Ha'am, from Chutzlaretz, the actual like a clot of earth, etc., as being um, tame with tumas mace. So again, the Nazir goes to Chutzlaretz, has to pause his clock, become tower, and then resume afterwards. The reason why is because it's only Durabanan. Um, now, here you might ask, didn't we learn back in the third parak that a Nazir who starts his Nazir in Chutzlaretz, he has to restart the whole thing from the beginning when he comes there at Israel? The answer is yes, that's how the rabbi set it up. But our case here in our Mishnah is where he started in Eretz Israel and then he ended up going to Chutzlaretz temporarily. So the time in Chutzlaretz pauses his Nazir's count. Um, but when he returns to Eretz Israel and becomes Tahor again, he can resume where he left off. Uh, the next cases are the Golil and the Dofek. So the Gol and Dofek, their exact definition is the subject to various shittas and the Roshonim. These are parts of a burial container or burial chamber. Um, not the grave itself necessarily, but the cover of the grave or the thing that seals off the entrance to the grave and so on. Um, so these things have a Tumma status all their own. And this is actually a Doraisa. Um, the Gol and Dofek, um, the grave seals, let's call them, and, and containers, they, they, they are tame midoraisa. Uh, that's true, whatever they're made of, even if they're made of stone or something. And if a person touches the gol or dofek, he becomes tame midoraisa through Tumas Mace and has to do a seven day count and so on. And that's true for Nazir as well. But since the gol and dofek are parts of the grave and not part of the corpse itself, so the rule is that even though they become tame midoraisa now, as a Nazir who was exposed to the touching or being on the same ol as a, a gol or dofek, he only, again, pauses in his ears count and resumes once it becomes tahor. Next is uravius dam, a quarter of a lug of blood, called 125 cc, give or take, um, half a cup. So if this is blood coming from a dead, from a corpse, from a dead person, so then it also conveys tuma through ohel, maga, and masa, Nevertheless, even though a person who is under the same roof or touches a revius of blood from a dead person um, does become tame mid oraisa, there's a halachal emotion misinai, a tradition that goes all the way back, that if a nazir gets exposed to such blood and it's only a revius's mount, meaning less than a half of a, a revius is a quarter of a lug. So in the previous Mishnah, at half a lug, he now has to restart his clock. But if it's more than a quarter and less than a half, 
a quarter, I should say, a quarter or more and less than a half of a lug. So then um, he becomes Tame Midoraisa, requires the full purification process. His days of Nizirus are put on hold. But when he becomes Torah again, the Lachlamash Mishinayas, he can resume his Nizirus count. Um, next is the way the Bartner learns the next three words, they're one case. Vaohel Varova Atzamos. Um, it's a little strange to read these words if it's one case. But in any case, the Bartner learns we're pointing here, talking here about a Rova Atzamos. A Rova here is a, not a Ravias of blood, which is a quarter of a lug, which is like say, 125 cc, but rather a Rova, a quarter of a kav. A kav is roughly two liters, so Rova, kav, 500 cc, roughly. And we're saying here, if there's a container that contains a rova of a kav, a 500 cc roughly, of bones, even bone fragments, even bones, and none of them are even the size of a, a saora, it doesn't matter, of a barley corn. The point is if the bones are, the total volume of the bones adds up to, to a rova of a kav, so that bone source is a source of tuma. and if a person specifically has exposure via ohel, and he's over the bones, they're over him, or he's under the same roof as those bones. So then, midoraisa, uh, he's tame, tumas mace. But if there's less than a kav, excuse me, less than a, a, a chazi kav, a half a kav of bones, and it's ohel specifically, so then he, as a nazir, doesn't reset his clock. He just becomes tame, and then when he becomes tower, he can resume his count. Um, so the point here, according to the Bartonur, is it says, Ohel Verova Atamos, because we're talking specifically about Ohel, meaning if he would do Masa, for example, or Maga, he would lift up the cup that contains all these bone fragments, so he would become Tameh and restart his clock, but if it's just Ohel, then not. Um, the Rambam learns, by the way, that the Ohel is a different case. It's referring to a, an Ohel that's made of, of linen, where the rule is that it also becomes Tameh, that's a separate dinner to itself, but if a person touches that linen overhang over a mace, like the linen tarp or something, so he doesn't reset his clock. Okay. Next is v'chelim hanogim b'mace. If you have um, utensils that are touching a corpse. So this is really based out of a pasuk, the pasuk which says v'chol yiga al hasada b'chalal cherev, referring to a corpse, where in the corpse there is a, a cherev, is like a sword inside the corpse. So it says yitame shivas yamim, the it's tummy for seven days by exposure to the, the knife itself. Chazal darshan out that the the cherev hukachalal, the sword that's or knife, whatever it is that's inside of the corpse, has the same status as the corpse itself. Meaning it conveys tuma for seven days or tuma's mace. So the point is, although a person who touches like such a sword that's inside a corpse um, becomes tummy for seven days and requires the full tar process because he's tamei mace middle oraisa still as a nazir his clock doesn't reset no korbanos required no haircut required and the reason is because again it's not a corpse itself but rather just a i don't know one degree removed of the corpse that, and therefore it doesn't uh, reset his clock that's the din there's a big machlokas rishonim exactly what kinds of kalim this applies to according to many rishonim what's referred to as Shittas Rabbeinu Tam. Um, it applies um, specifically to metal implements only, mateches, but not, say, wood. Whereas um, many other Rishonim, what's called the Rambam Shita, understand it's all what's called klishetef, any utensil other than an earthenware utensil that's touching a corpse. So that'd be true for, let's say, baguette clothing that he's wearing, a, a barrel of shrouds and so on. Um, Whatever's touching the corpse also conveys to like the corpse itself, and that's the Rambam Shita. In any case, if the nose is exposed to these things, he doesn't reset his clock. Next, 
Now this is a little strange. We now are lapsing into a whole different thing, not of Tumas Mace per se, but rather of a Mitsora who's Tame. So the Mitsora is the person who has these skin afflictions, Tsara'as. So here's how it works. To keep it simple. The Mitsora wakes up one day, he discovers he's got these white things on white, you know, skin discolorations. He has to show it specifically to a Kohen, not a rabbi, but a Kohen per se. The Kohen looks at it, and then the Kohen will basically say either one of three things. The first is, this is nothing. These are freckles. I don't know what, you know, psoriasis. The second thing is, this is definitely a, a nega. It's a proper tsaras, and you're confirmed, muchlacht, you're confirmed as a mitzora. And you have to now be totally tummy and wait till this resolves itself. Um, or you can say, I'm not sure. We have to wait and see. It depends on what happens next. It doesn't have exactly the signs that confirm it to be tahor or tame. Um, you're put in sequestration, hezger, for seven days, after which you come back to me, and then we'll look and we'll see have they grown, have certain hairs grown, and so on, that will indicate that it is a source of tumor, or is it shrinking, and which is not, and so on. That, so that's hezger. And then, um, at the end of the process, the muchlets will be confirmed to be, if he's confirmed to be a mitzorah, that persists um, sort of indefinitely until the, the negayim, these afflictions sort of resolve themselves by having signs of tahara. And at which point um, he goes back to the Kohen, the Kohen says, yes, you know, your tzaras is coming to an end. And then there's another seven-day process. And the beginning he has to cut his hair and um, he has to become tahara through a process with some birds and, okay, whatever the process is to become tahara. He counts seven more days. He may suffer seven days of counting, at the end of which... Um, he shaves his body for a second time. We're talking about the entire body, not just the hair on his head like the Nazar does. The Mitzorah cuts, cuts all of the hair on his body. And um, then he brings, um, okay, then there's Korbanos to bring, and then um, he's totally Tahor, the Mitzorah. So here our Mishnah says, Yemei Safro Vimei Gamro. Yemei Safro are those last seven days um, where he's between the two haircuts and he's waiting, counting seven days before he can complete his Tara. So in that day, those times, um, he is still Tame. His tumor is a lesser tumor. It's a tumor that only, he only conveys tumor by, by Maga, direct contact with him. But the point is, um, while Yimei Safro are persisting, those seven days, he still cannot let the, the clock is not ticking for his Nazir's commitment. And Yimei Gamro, these are the days when he's like, like uh, confirmed as a Mitzorah. So he's totally Tame. A Mitzorah is pretty much the most potent source of Tuma in the Torah outside of an Avi Elvis, outside of like a, you know, what we're talking about here, corpse Tuma. Um, so he conveys Tuma through all Maga, Masa, Heset, Midras, Bia, all sorts of things. Um, and the point is, while he's Tame as a Muchlat, as a confirmed Mitzorah, again, his, his, the clock isn't running, um, but when he resolves it, ultimately, then he can resume where he left off. So Al Elu. Ein Hanazir Megaleach on all the th- items of our list for the whole Mishnah, they do not require the Nazir to cut his hair and start again. Umaza Bishlishu Vishvi, and he'll just require the normal purification process of being uh, sprinkled with the Paradumor or the Mechatas on day three and day seven. That, by the way, does not apply to the Matsora. The Matsora and his, you may suffer on the Megumro, have nothing to do with this. They don't need Paradumor at all. Um, and the days in which he's Tame by whatever we have in the Mishnah here up to now um, they don't destroy what was counted up to now as soon as he finishes um, becoming Tahor from whatever exposure he had in the Mishnah we list those items so after that he then resumes his Nazirus immediately and picks up where he left off 
um, counting the rest of the days that he's required to do. Who korban einlo? And there's no requirement for him to bring the korban. There's no like you know, asham or something like that for exposure to these kinds of these kinds of tumah. Be'emes amru. Now the truth is when it says be'emes amru literally translates as and the the truth is they say. Be'emes um, amru according to most rishonim means like a incontrovertible fact. As if it were like halacha Moshe Sinai, there's no 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 denying it. Um, the Rambam learns it actually is halacha Moshe Sinai per se. Whatever the case is, the deal is that yemei hazava hazava yemei hazgero shel the days in which a person is tame as a zav or a zava. The zav has mysterious emissions coming out of him um, for two or three times, or whatever. And the zava also, she's bleeding outside of her normal menstrual cycle for three days. Okay, whatever the story is, those people are tame. Um, but nothing to do with Naziris. There's Tami in their own right. And also, you may Hesger Oshel Mitzora, the days of Hesger, of sequestration, where we're waiting to see what happens with this Mitzora, those, those seven days. Hare Elo Olinlo, those, even though the person as a Zav Zava or a Musgar Mitzora, um, the person's Tame, nevertheless, Hare Olinlo, those, he's Tame, but those days count towards his total count of Naziris, the Naziris commitment. So he's telling me, but he still can't cut his hair, drink wine, and so on, and the days keep on counting towards his, his Naziris commitment. Um, if you'll ask why in the world we included um, the Mitzorah before, you may suffer, you may gumro, the answer, because they they're not Tumas Mace at all. While that's true, the Gemara learns at a Kol that um, you may suffer and you may gumro should be times in which the clock is put on pause for Nazir, uh, and that being the case, because that limit of the, that kol, the kol v'chomer, so it is um, included in the Mishnah as one of the items which pauses the clock as well.